As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. I'm sorry, you can sit there and look and play with all your silly machines as much as you like. Is Gascoigne going to have a crack? He is, you know. Oh, I think! Brilliant! And time, and time again. Break up the music. Charge a glass. This nation is going to dance all night. What do you do with 10 million completed wall charts? Is it penalty heartbreak or penalty heartache? Should you ever have your picture taken with a referee? Italian managers coming over here and taking our football phrases? Scotland's coastal railways with Julie Walters? The latest transfers that just sound so right? And the clunky dystopian vision of the 2022 World Cup final? Brought to your ears by The Athletic, this is Football Clichés. Right now, you can subscribe to The Athletic for just £3.49 a month. That's 30% off the full price of a subscription. You'll enjoy great analysis and in-depth features from the very best football writers around, as well as ad-free versions of all of our podcasts. So go to theathletic.com forward slash cliches pod to take advantage of this special discount. That's theathletic.com forward slash cliches pod. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 82 of the Football Clichés podcast. I'm Adam Hurry and with me first of all, for one final time, a wall chart update from Dave Walker. Yeah, not ended the way we wanted to, has it? But um, I mean, I don't know if you saw yesterday that mm. I did make the rash decision on the on travelling to watch the game at my mates that I was going to frame the wall chart. <laughs> if, if we'd have won, I, I was going to buy a frame and get it up permanently on the yeah, wall I get that. forever. Posterity. And I know previously I said I'd keep it up for a week after the tournament. I've now, mm. I now, I've reflected on that decision and now <laughs> I realise how ridiculous that was. It will be going down later this evening. Oh, so it's, so, so it's an element of glory hunting there about it. How do you mean? Well, I mean, I think you would have left it up. You would have left it up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. One. yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's fine. When you say you were going to get it framed, how far along did you get with that? I mean, had you 
start uh, to make initial inquiries or is more just uh, note to self do get this framed if England win uh, I haven't commissioned anyone to, to, sure. to make you're, you're not you, you weren't like <laughs> frantically cancelling at 11 o'clock last night <laughs> no um, the best best uh, there was like there's footage of the framer in action just just as England were holding on to the one lead and uh, he was his he to, will no longer be required change the engravement on my back at the last minute <laughs> the penalty was saved yeah we did get an engraver shot actually towards the end of the uh, of the final but anyway uh, alongside you for this one Charlie Eccleshare Charlie I did it I did it you did what I went the whole tournament without watching Crouchy's year late I think I did that as I'm well. I'm actually convinced it exists. <laughs> did you see it? No, I never saw it. And I d- and I do remember what was the the 2010 one? Was that uh, it was kind of like, you know, to bring fancy football into the modern age. I think it may have been James Corden and it was, was similarly it panned. Yeah. yeah, I think it was sort of Corden pre US. He's definitely um, done one. Yeah. yeah, I think um it's, it feels like a bit of a cursed um cursed slot that. It it I is heard it, anything about it. I mean, neither have I, which probably is a, a marker of it, of how well it's landed. I've, I've sort of seen the trailers. I've seen a bit of stuff on online, and it's, it's easy for us to stick the boot in. Look, they're doing, they're doing, they're doing honest their best work. It is, it is a hiding to nothing because football fans, you know, maybe like of our of our sort of type, and they're just not going to be interested in it. And they're what? sort of going for people that don't. You know, if you're not a football fan, you just you're not bothered either. They, well, who are they going mm. for? I don't know who the audience is that would ever watch that. But I mean, obviously there must be some people. But well, I suppose Crouchy does now transcend mm. football. Like people who don't like football will be aware of him uh, and, and yeah. happy. People happy that listen to, to his podcast, I guess, game. is the answer mm. to this question. And and evidently there are a lot of those people. So fair play. More than listen to this. Yeah, I was gonna, not not that we're bitter <laughs> about that. <laughs> and that, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah, with the, yeah, with the ITV, who who suddenly didn't announce their viewing figures in that morning after, but we'll 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 get to that. Well, here we are. I mean, you'll be people listening to this will presumably be the the morning after, the night after, the <laughs> night before. There's no real need for us to dwell on any of this. It's not really our job. But I, but Charlie, I do want to start talking about penalties. I think we all thoroughly enjoyed Harry Maguire's penalty. Uh, the moment of the shootout where we genuinely would be forgiven for thinking it was all going to go our way. Um, it, it was the perfect penalty, wasn't it? Well, it was just the most Maguire-y penalty you could possibly imagine. I mean, mm. it was the platonic ideal of Maguire. It was just amazing. <laughs> like ev- It was everything I could have wanted and more. Just like, But it the- wasn't brutal. I did, it but it wasn't- was so no-nonsense. Like, the way he just absolutely mm. leathered it. Um, it felt quite economical. Absolutely loved it. And it did make me, at the risk of sounding like a dinosaur, but when it was then followed by Rashford doing that run-up, you did kind of think... Maybe there yeah, is something to be said. Penalty gammon, doesn't it? I know exactly. I sort of, I, I, I'm aware that this is kind of awful, but in a way, do just put your foot through it. You know, you should, you hold the power in that situation, and I think Kane showed as well. You know, you just put it in the corner. But anyway, yes, let's focus on the positives. It was wonderful. I know what you mean, Adam, when you say it wasn't brutal, though, because there was an elegance to it, it. There was, yeah. Uh, obviously, he, he he did smash it top corner, and. But the, the reverse angle, the one the amazing shot where the, where it knocks the camera off the off the blimp, mm. but as you look at the the way that the, the foot strikes the ball, it's not just a pure head down laces through 
and this will, will just sort of hope for the best. It was like he sort of feathered it, yeah, right into the top corner. Like, well, he'd been practicing balletic. it. He'd been practicing it about half an hour before when he'd been pinging passes into <laughs> into row K for absolutely no reason whatsoever, under no pressure. That camera uh, breaking as well. That my brother, yeah, but... my, my brother made the point that could be the next like knobby dancing or one of them. That that could make it in to uh, yeah. the next three lions, but obviously now it's it now it's tainted. Somehow. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the, the camera, thing about the camera breaking. Thing is, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the thing about the camera breaking is um, always good, always good to see that happen. Um, but there was something about the the way that the camera shot went to static that almost felt like it it was like pretend. I don't know. <laughs> it's like there was something about the camera sort of suddenly going to static, which made me just think that it was done for like a pro TV program or something. It Someone was, it pressed was the button. Too perfect. Yeah, maybe there's somewhere, yes, someone somewhere with the effect static effect button, and the camera wasn't really broken. But yeah, I think we can all agree perfect penalty but Dave more importantly we are having to revisit the way we talk about England's penalty experiences and um, what I want to ask you is is it England's penalty shootout heartbreak or England's penalty shootout heartache which is it I have a theory but I'll let you um, I'll let you have the first go it's important I hear we hear about this all the time to the point where I'm actually really knackered reading about it it's a great question I, I'm not sure I'm trying to imagine Imagine that you know the back pages of the papers or the you know the first line of the news. Heartache, heartbreak, penalty. Just people are getting quite lazy. Heartache. About I think they're just, just throwing heartache. words in, and I, I feel heartbreak. like there should be some sort of rule. I might, I, I, might, I feel I feel like I'm about to take a penalty. I feel under pressure here. But <laughs> yeah, um, uh, heartbreak is it break? Well, my theory is is that each individual penalty shootout, Charlie, is is the heartbreak. Uh, but overall, the ongoing theme is heartache because that's a lingering thing, isn't it? Right. So, okay. so the individual shootouts failures are heart- heartbreaks. But England's heartache then- continues in in penalty shootouts. Heartbreak is very um, FA Cup third round when a team suffers late heartbreak that was on the verge of getting a replay or maybe even of winning a tie. I think um, that to me is more oh, when the sort pure of the, heartbreak. The kind of script-defying yeah. favourites break the hearts of... Exactly, their heart, yeah. I think you can make a very strong case for this being the big... You know, not, not just because of the final. Obviously, it's the final. We've never lost a penalty shootout, um, a final penalty shootout before, so that goes without saying. But, I mean, just in terms of the players involved, the absolute shit show that we've seen in the preceding 24 hours of how the, you know, the reaction for some Neanderthals to them and, and the sort of positive rallying around of these players. It, it, it is the more of a heartbreaking situation than we've ever, ever experienced. We've all seen players crying into their other's arms mm. at the end of mm. games, but compare this to, to Stuart Pearce and Waddle in the 90s, to Southgate yeah, in 96. It's a completely different emotional layer to it, and mm. rightly so. But, and also no, the yeah. fact that Bukayo Saka especially is just an adorable young man Mm. and you feel you really do feel like it that was immediately it 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 was you know normally when you go out it's fuck we're out Mm. but it straight away i was like oh saka it moved beyond football really quickly Mm. i think it's fair to say um and certainly obviously not for good reasons no that's made me think dave when you said we're out getting i was thinking that today we've never had a bit in a final it's like can you can you be knocked out of a tournament 
at final stage. Have we been over that before? I mean, in a wall chart sense, yes, because you're not on the final slot. Yeah. You? You have to write, do you have to write the winners in? Oh, not on my one, no. Because oh. <laughs> you're not at, okay. I mean, like, everyone's... Italy, they're not out, but their tournament's done. It's, it's a weird one. You know, you're not like... It's a knockout format, but I, I would agree that you have reached the final destination and mm. you're both there. There's nowhere, there's nowhere else to go. Yeah. Um, it's so not yeah. like you're exiting a tournament prematurely, no. in a way. We're not, we're not in the tournament, though, are we? No, but nor Italy. No. No, no, we didn't crash out. That's the good thing. <laughs> Thank we didn't God crash we didn't out. crash out, yeah. Schrodinger's tournament. But it wasn't all about heartbreak at Wembley, Dave. Uh, despite the awful scenes, a young fan bumped into referee Michael Oliver at the game and had his photo taken. Tweeted it with the caption, met the best ref in Europe. <laughs> Probably the highlight of my otherwise dreadful day. Now, Dave... Oh. Um, <laughs> I put it to you that if you bumped into referee Michael Oliver or any of the higher profile Premier League referees, you would consider having your photo taken with them. That's the level we've got to. No, I don't think I would. I've actually, I've, I've <laughs> once bumped into Kevin Friend on a train. <laughs> um, <laughs> Such a name dropper. I didn't, yeah, didn't, I didn't ask for a photo there. He was the quiet coach, so it would have worked. So he, he left his um, car with a personalised number plate at home that day, didn't he? Oh, interesting. Oh, sad to see. Charlie, where, where do you stand on having your photo taken with, ref, with referees? I mean, it, it feels like, I mean, we can judge it from from a distance like this with hindsight, you know, but it's a, it's a split second decision. Like, you know, you're never going to get this chance again. I think it's more though, it would, what would, I mean, how old is this guy who has the photo taken? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm saying late teens. Late, is he, okay, is he an aspiring right. ref? He might Maybe. be. He might be. I'm imagining I don't reckon. more, like, would what would my sort of 11, 12 year old self do if I'd seen Uriah Rennie or someone? I think I probably would have been quite excited by just seeing someone famous. I think now I'd let it slide. I was I was just thinking, what would I say to that person? I mean, it's not like you know I'm, I'm a huge fan of your work. Yeah, like just it's just I know who you I are. Don't know what the conversation. Would yeah, be. I, don't I don't really. Know what it would be. Unless this kid, oh, what maybe, are you doing? Yeah, here? <laughs> maybe this kid, yeah, was is an aspiring ref or is passionate about officiating. But I don't really know what my mm. way in would be. Was Michael Oliver flanked by his two assistants? Just <laughs> <laughs> taken. I presume he can only shake hands one way, which is the, you know, extremely macho handshake. Hopefully for the very last time for one summer, Dave, politicians and football mixing, um, here's ex-Lib Dem Supremo Joe Swinson in the aftermath of Sunday night suggesting alternatives to penalty shootouts for deciding tied matches. She has a hierarchy of, of tiebreakers, you'll be pleased to know. First one is average score per minute played. What? And then fewest bookings. <laughs> I mean, is that in the tournament I mean, just, as a whole? No, in an individual match. It, no one knows. No one cares. Fuck off. <laughs> I mean, come on. Not now, Joe. What she's doing is literally in Euro 96, my primary school class the morning after were tasked with coming up with alternatives that would have but spared Gareth school. Southgate in primary school. So, I mean, Joe Swinson, you know, is 25 years <laughs> late and doing something that's the exercise for eight-year-olds. <laughs> what did you come up with? I think the... Glad you asked. The front runners were things like each team has to lose a player after every five minutes. So you're down to, like, six, seven aside, by which time you think it'll be easier to score. Football. It's comical. They're, I mean, it would have been hilarious. And also, probably not fair on the players to flog them in that way I mean imagine yes, them having rubbish. to play the final having played seven aside three days earlier you'd be bringing on your Adama Traore sort of trump card in the it would be amazing to watch 15 minutes or something and then yeah I think I think it's like oh I mean probably stuff like that yeah well I think someone suggested like whoever had had the most corners should go through or something, something oh, ridiculous like that mm. but I mean Joe Swinson hasn't really moved it forward 
the average score per minute played seems you know relatively logical i mean in, in terms of the spirit of the game but what I'm, what I'm concerned about i don't even understand that one what does she mean? That must mean throughout the tournament, surely, whoever's been the highest score. score I actually don't know. Because I obviously, don't if know. I've kind of just sort of stared at it if, and just assumed I knew. If a game's drawn, then it can't be for that game because it would be the same. The, the implication I'm getting is that it's it's kind of who was in the lead for longer. Right, I, yeah. I mean, that's uh, kind of what I'm, I'm guessing. So England oh, so led we would for longer, have therefore deserved the game more. Which, of course, you know, it fundamentally un- misunderstands the point of football. But what most bothers me and which kind of flew under the radar when I first looked at this is the idea that that first criteria could ever be dead level so you're going to need a second one and that's fewest bookings <laughs> just fewest bookings but I mean aside from anything else Charlie it's never a good time to be suggesting penalty shootout reforms just after you've lost a penalty shootout that, that nev- that's never a good look yeah 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 you want to do that from a position of strength don't you to show how magnanimous you are yeah do it in other random year where these things aren't happening that's when you get taken seriously <laughs> imagine Joe Swinson just came out with that yeah in a non non-euro maybe she year. planned it for 2021 <laughs> I don't know I've got to get it out now she'd had the scheduled tweet and just <laughs> not thinking oh fuck I forgot the euro is rescheduled by the idea for I really wish she'd scheduled that tweet um, <laughs> and it just happened to be the case you just don't know it. looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. This, Dave, is via early football cliches adopter Mark Cox. He noted the, uh, the translation the live translation of Roberto Mancini's post-game interview includes a rather unexpected phrase. Ecstasy for Italy and Roberto Mancini as they claim their second European championship. I'm very happy because the team played well and we deserved the victory. Sure, the goal early doors did cause us a few issues in the first 15 minutes. <laughs> Early doors. That's fantastic. Nice. A nice hangover from his days, I suppose, as a Manchester City manager or a Leicester City player, indeed. Mm. That's an assumption. Is it, is it just it's a very a well used assumption. phrase in, in, in Italian? It's well, a that's, huge I'd, be, I'd like to know that. I'd like to get Horncastle to reverse translate that to see if that's the translation taking liberties or if that is a good, um, accurate translation of what he said. Well, it, this isn't unprecedented because it reminded me, Charlie, of Andrea Pirlo's book. Mm. which I've never read, but you, you, you see quotes from it floating around all the time. And every quote I see, just I just think to myself, that doesn't sound like what I would expect Andrea Pirlo to talk like. It, it's lots of what I would arrogantly consider to be colloquial English phrases or predominantly English phrases that are kind of thrown in. And I just think, I just can't imagine that that phrase would exist like that in another mm. language, even allowing for a little bit of creative freedom in the translation. I mean, and there are probably some book translators out there screaming at this podcast saying, no, that's not how it works. We are allowed to do that. But still, still. Yeah, I imagine there was quite a lot of license in that, in that pillow book. But yeah, early doors in Italian. I'm, I really, I'm really glad that they have that. 
or, or the presumption is that they have that anyway. Dave, we, we, I'm amazed actually that we didn't touch on this next thing in our smash hit fate tempting episode what if england win euro 2020 as a kind of alternative timeline because i can confirm that a fan has got a premature tattoo Mm. and now looks very silly but not silly enough to not be interviewed on sky sports news oh i was absolutely gutted i was absolutely gutted every everyone were though we just it was silent awful and then you thought about the tattoo (laughs) and then i got reminded about the tattoo yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so what did you think then? It's just one of them things, isn't it? It's, it's, it's done. So no no suggestion that you might have it taken off? No, no, I'm not having it taken off. A lot of people have said you should get it covered up, but no, I might just change the date. And put, you could change the date in a couple of years. Put Euro you? 2024 on there. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe just include maybe semi-final and not... Yeah, no. you can put semi-final down the side so it says England semi-final winners. <laughs> Is it one of those things, though? Just one of those things? It is what it is, isn't it? I thought this was going to be you, Dave, with your prematurely ordering the framed water. I thought you were going to have that and then have to be interviewed on Sky Sports, kind of explaining that you'd (laughs) commissioned this hugely expensive water framing. I spent all all of Sunday in a tattoo parlour getting the wall chart tattooed onto my back. (laughs) (laughs) Lewis Holden is is this guy's name. He seems to have taken it very well, Charlie. Yeah. Taking it in very good humour. As as they always seem to, don't they? They always seem to take it good humour. You never see a really angry guy about his tattoo, do you? Yeah, and I think I like the fact that he's thinking, um, is there a way that this still could come good? And if we were to win Euro 2024, then quite a small alteration and Who's laughing then? Exactly. I didn't. Really, I didn't want to get too judgmental here at all because he just really doesn't seem to care. So <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. It was almost like he planned it in advance. So next up, Dave, a nice mini running theme on this podcast during the Euros. The all important numbers came out on Monday afternoon. The viewing figures for the final itself. I can. I can reveal that a TV audience of thirty point nine five million watched the tense closing minutes of the Euro twenty twenty final. Overnight figures show. The figures include those watching on ITV plus one. <laughs> plus one. <laughs> yeah, they should be on a database, all right. Who's I mean, doing that? Who is doing that? Who is watching the Euro 2020 final on ITV plus one? Oh, it's, you know, admirable in a way. If I was in the situation for, for whatever reason where I had, that was what I had to do. That was the only thing available to me. You were trapped and that was the channel that it was on. And you had to wait an hour for it to start. I, I just, I wouldn't be able to resist looking at my phone. I just wouldn't. I'd have Presumably. To, I'd, have to, I'd have to lock it away in a safe. But also you'd hear, like, yeah. I mean, maybe they, I mean, you might live where in a big detached house where you can't hear anyone, maybe, I suppose. But like, if you live any, in any densely populated area, well, you're going to hear stuff happening, aren't you? Presumably those people are watching it a second time. They're not watching it. I mean, aren't they people kind of reliving it a bit on? I suppose that counts. Yeah, I, I mean, it's still, they're still being credited. I can't believe there well, are many no, people. No, but no, that wouldn't, that wouldn't work because the thing's too long. So it's not like an hour-long program that you can go back and watch again <laughs> at the end because you'd have to, you'd have to start. No, but plus you just, one would be the start of the second half. So you'd watch, have to watch the first half immediately again. The game finishes. You've wa- you watch the kind of hour after from the moment of the penalty finish it or penalty shootout starting or the post-match and let's say you're an Italian fan you're like oh I've, I've exhausted all the analysis I want to relive that great I can go on to plus one and watch it watch the penalty shootout okay. 
as like, watch the end again. again. Yeah. yeah. Not the whole thing. No, no, no. Well, that would um, be weird. But that because it's only the closing minutes, isn't it? Of the that thirty point nine five million who watched. So yeah, you can catch the end. Meanwhile, um, a surprisingly healthy five hundred fifty-six thousand viewers on ITV Two for Love Island, while Channel Four attracted four hundred four thousand viewers. Charlie, for Scotland's coastal railways with Julie Walters, and that was a repeat. That's incredible. Half a million people people were watching that over over the Euros final. Yeah, I mean, you just you tune into the football just out of curiosity to see what's going on, what the fuss is all about. Are they just really spiteful Scottish football fans? I'm just going to watch this. At least it's at least it's got something to do with Scotland. Yeah. We'll always have our well, I mean, coastal railways, you fuckers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, shove it out them. But um, speaking of which, 77,000 people watched Naked Attraction on E4 during extra time and penalties. Wow. Yeah, see, I think those numbers are more shocked. Like 30.95 million doesn't really mean anything to me. 404,000 watching Coastal Railways and 77,000 watching Naked Attraction on E4. It, you picture that. Yeah, picture that's... That more, well, it's not far off being the amount of people that were inside Wembley. Exactly. You know, watching Naked That's attraction. true. I mean, yeah, you, yeah, you could say that 70,000 people went to Wembley to watch England versus Italy. They were, oh, that's niche. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. I mean, and also, you basically, if, if, you, if you were looking in the right places before the game, you, you would have had the same experience as watching Naked Attraction. Yes. Unfortunately. Yes. On a, a nice note to leave the Euros on, I think, for this podcast, um, because I want to talk domestic matters now. Charlie, while this has all been going on, some transfers that have happened that just sound so right. I offer you um, French left-back Romain Perrault. Do you know where he's gone? French left-back Romain Perrault. West Ham? Southampton. Southampton, Southampton. yeah. How Southampton does he sound? Um, They've lost Bertrand, uh, haven't they? So I'll offer you another one. Nathan Collins from Stoke to Burnley. I mean, mean, that's an all-round... That's tidy nice. transfer. Yeah. Don't even know who that is, but it sounds good. It's very rare that um, a player immediately jumps out as being a good servant for his new club straight away. <laughs> you, you just know this is going to be long-serving Nathan Collins for Burnley. So on a similar note, Dave, Josh King to Watford. Was he always Oof. destined for Watford? Well, yeah. Producer AD texted this to us in the in our WhatsApp group the other day when it mm. happened. It was like, what a, what a Watford signing that is. And I, obviously, my perspective is different. I didn't I didn't feel like it was really. No, well, fair we, enough. It's never in. It's it's always in the eye of the mm. external beholder. Mm. I think you never feel it when it's your club. Josh King as a backup. Did this happen, or did I imagine it? Josh King as a backup for Everton in the second half of last season. Yeah, because that felt yeah. right. I mean, he felt like the heir to Cenk Tosin in, in that role. <laughs> the kind of non-scoring Everton striker sub role. Yeah, it's it's been an incredibly unimaginative window, Charlie. Wolves have signed 21-year-old Portuguese winger Francisco Trincao from Barcelona, who, on a slight tangent, I've decided we can now call cash-strapped Barcelona. Oh, definitely, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're, they're yeah they're they're well into that. What state are their finances in? Parlous. Yes, thank you. Parlous is the only word we're allowed to use. Uh, sorry, Les, I can't come out tonight. My finances are parlous. <laughs> <laughs> Going through a bit of a hard time. That would be, are that'd be really really good. We haven't done this for a while, Charlie which is um, ripping apart some fictional football for its um, complete lack of dedication to the real thing. Uh, this is from... Oh, God. Um, Sorry, I forgot something on that note. You're like this particularly, Dave. Sorry to interrupt, Adam. But in don't a, worry. It, on that theme, I was in the book I was reading the other day, it was talking about, it, about a 
the author's um, a friend of hers whose son's really into mm. football. He's a big mm. fan of Watford City. Oh, I thought, what the what? fuck is Watford City? And I thought this book that must have been proofreads within an inch of its life, it's always the football stuff that just gets overlooked. Like, whoever was proofreading that must have been like, eh, sort of sound, sounds believable. What's Watford City? That reminds, that reminds me of Wolves United from Fever Pitch. Is that? Uh, when she sort of... Uh, yeah, no, it's when, it's when she sort of um, sneerily says, oh... Wolves United or something like that, oh, just to okay. show she knows absolutely nothing about football. Right, yeah, right, right. Watford okay. City doesn't. Watford City is very much not a city, is it? Yeah, it? not a city. It's a town, very close to St Albans, which is a small city. But I well, mean, if they were called Watford Town, well, it just changes uh, the whole complexion of a football club. Mm. Doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, Watford yeah, town. doesn't work. No, you know, you're right to pick up on it. Right to pick up on it. But um, on rather grander scale, um, this is a military science fiction thriller on Amazon, The Tomorrow War. I'm not sure I've got the emphasis right. I'd say it's probably the more the Tomorrow War. Anyway, um, uh, yeah, approximately 685 people have sent me this clip so far in the last couple of weeks. Um, what I think is the one of the opening scenes, Charlie, is set in the 2022 World Cup final in Qatar, and the the game is between Brazil and an unidentified, some sort of approximated nation who look uncomfortably like Scotland. Uh, and while all this is all going on, 3-3, with a few minutes left, great game. Suddenly, some soldiers from the year 2051 arrive to warn that humanity is on the brink of extinction due to a war with alien invaders. Um, uh, yeah, so I'm going to sh- I'll show you both this clip, and we'll get a feel of it. I think a lot, so many, enough people have seen it now for us to, for this to work in a podcast medium. He's heading down the pitch. He's alone, only one defender behind him. That wouldn't happen. This wouldn't happen. And this viewing setup is bizarre. Oh, yeah, the camera. We haven't even, I haven't even thought about that. God, they do look like Scotland, don't they? Yeah. It's a repeat of the opening match of the France 98 World Cup. It's weird. I mean, this guy Peralta, the Brazilian star striker, looks like a footballer from the front, but doesn't look like a footballer from the back. Um... Yeah, so, don't know sure. They all just look very out of shape. Bit of a Gabriel Jesus vibe. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there were loads of people coming out of the sky, <laughs> soldiers, armed soldiers with balaclavas coming out of the sky. Yeah, I mean at this point we're not too worried about the realism. Certainly. No, I was going to say. Up, up until that point, I mean it was it was just this kind of one man counter attack at jogging pace. Which yeah, really it, irritated me because that's not difficult. I mean, Denver Bar against Manchester United in, in the Europa League last season showed that these one-man counter-attacks can happen out of nowhere, but not at jogging pace. It's, that's not hard to get right, is it, Charlie? This is, again, Watford City made me think of the need for the football consultant that we've talked about so often. And again, here, in that, in that bizarre counter-attack. Also, 3-0. Do you say it was 3 all? With a few minutes to go, yeah. I mean, I guess we don't know the state of the group and things like that, but why would one no, team be so pushed on? This is the final. Oh, it's the final. Okay. Okay, well, that's mad because why would it thrill in a final? Would there be a team pushing up to that extent? I know. I know. Absolute madness. Who would you recommend as a football consultant for this? I mean, Coxie wouldn't be a bad shout, would he? Well, Joe Swinson. <laughs> Joe Swinson and assistant Michael Cox, who would be, who would be so unforgiving. Yeah, I think his standards sure. would be too high. Something I noticed there as well with the counter attack. Did you see that the, the, closest, the closest player to the. Um, the Brazilian forward running through the middle of the pitch was the referee. 
The referee was level <laughs> with, the, with, the, with, the, with, the, with the striker. <laughs> got it, they've got, just got it all wrong. They've got it all wrong. I mean, um, I had to freeze frame at one point, Dave, to, to try and discern who the hell this opposition were. Very Scottish-looking kit. The badge is very nondescript. But one of the players is called Mason. So it yeah. suggests... It could suggests be the British Isles, doesn't it? And it has to be Scotland. Uh, I mean, it's so I mean, annoying, though, isn't it? This yeah. is a multi... I mean, I'm sure this budget for this film is hundreds of millions of pounds. Like, it's got... It's got... It's Chris Pratt, isn't it? It's in the leads, like, a mm. huge star. Just... Just do it right. <laughs> just, just make it better. Just... It is, it is frustrating. It is frustrating. It's an ongoing frustration. I mean, there must be a fundamental reason why they're not be able to do this. But, um, Get Keezy in. Yeah. <laughs> Keezy's broken his silence on uh, whether it was coming home or not. And in his view, it never was. I mean, you know how Keezy is the master of sort of being wise after the event. And the truth is, it never was. It never never was, Andy. (laughs) Ever. They contributed nothing. Not ever. Not happening. (laughs) Nonsense. Uh, It's here with me. In Qatar, yeah, that's where it yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed um, Keezy's very, very detailed breakdown of what he would have had to have done to go back to the UK. It was, he, he itemised how much it would cost to stay in a hotel, <laughs> which is, which is, you know, again one of those collisions between Keezy and Partridgean mm. worlds. Yeah, that, yeah, uh, yeah. I would, I would really love to have seen, but yeah, sadly, it didn't come to pass. He's gone to Spain instead. This episode is supported by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the team's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher league. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenge and rise again into League One? FX is welcome to Wrexham. All new Thursdays on FX. Stream on Hulu. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I think ending our first post-Euros episode throwing forward to an unrealistic depiction of Qatar 2022 is the best way we could have closed this off. It, it leaves you, perhaps, with a little shred of appetite for international football, Charlie. Uh, can, you see yourself, can you see yourself getting up for, for the World Cup in 18 months' time? I can. I was saying that the, the only thing I can't, that I'm not up for, I don't mind that, you know, watching football in World Cup in November, December will feel weird, but you'll still be watching football. What I'm not looking mm. forward to is in the kind of late October, early November period, they'll have to be mm. the sort of dead pre-World Cup friendlies at a time where normally you've got such great football happening. That yeah. I will struggle with. You know what I'm really concerned about for this tournament? I think mm. we're going to have the potential for a horrible collision between between football novelty songs and Christmas songs. Yeah. Mm. It's going to be three lions with Santa and it's going to be marketing. You know, Bell and Sperling are going to be in Santa costumes, aren't they? Doing gold R- Rudolph's 
golden balls or something like it's going to be golden the deal and skinner doing a christmas theme <laughs> three lions I, I wouldn't rule it out i wouldn't rule it out uh, despite the fact i cannot hear them explain the origins of three lions one more time i don't want to hear about it and we've still got the olympics this summer dave if you want to if you want if you can get your hands on a wall chart for the olympics the dream is still alive what for the whole thing all 30, 33 sports. Laboriously filling in the archery. A giant thing on my old one side of my house. That's an incredible idea. Surely there must be a full Olympics wall chart out there somewhere with all the individual rounds and all the repechages. <laughs> repechage. <laughs> the heats, the repechages, the pools. Oh my goodness me. The cycling. Full Olympics wall chart. The swimming. The swimming wall chart in, on its own oh, would just be enormous. God, so many heats. Relays so and medals and yeah. different classifications. Well, that's what that's what we've got to... And we've still mm. got time. We've still got, we've still got 10 days. Someone can knock one up, surely. Yeah, absolutely. I'd really like to see that. Um, you, you're going to need a much bigger wall, let's put it that way. <laughs> um, thanks very much to you, Dave. Um, I hope your, hope your wall chart survives a little bit longer. And, uh, and cheers to you, Charlie Eccleshare. Cheers to you. Yeah, we'll be back with fully domestic matters soon for the new season. And uh, goodbye, Euros. Hello, normal football. And uh, goodbye to everyone. See you later. The Athletic. <laughs>